Our gospel reading today comes from Matthew. It is um, one I know that y'all are very familiar with. Matthew 11, beginning in the 28th verse. Come to me, all of you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and lean from me, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I sent to Terry um, Philippians 4, 4 through 9, and while it is on the board, it's one that we've read during this couple of weeks about being thankful and gratitude and rejoicing. While he reads that, while he has that up on the board, I'm going to move down just a little bit more to 10 because I know when the Holy Spirit has me up at a quarter to five this morning rewriting what I thought I was going to give, he means for me to say what I'm going to say today. So I am coming out of 10, but I'm going to read that too, y'all. Um, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have received your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned for me, but had no opportunity to show it. Now that I am referring to, not that I am referring to people in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what is, it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed, of going hungry, of having plenty, of being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, I, I kind of got the idea from this. I don't, I'm not really a Facebooker too much. Um, Y'all will see from time to time I, I do post things. I do repost things that I think are uh, rather funny. I did run from Debbie just yesterday that I found hysterical um, about going to uh, insane that you can't uh, fly there, you have to be driven. And so, <laughs> and I, I responded back to her, I, I think I do it daily. I am driven insane daily. So I was um, listening to music on YouTube and every now and then over there they'll have something from YouTube. And I was listening to this and it was, um, a young man, a comedian on the Conan O'Brien show, and he was doing a real funny skit, and the name, the title of it was, Everything's Amazing and Nobody's Happy. I, I, it, it intrigued me, so I was listening to it, and one of the parts that got me was, um, it's kind of lengthy, he was talking about people flying in a plane, and how they were uh, complaining too much turbulence, not enough leg room. I can't lay back all the way. This person in front of me is laying down too far. I'm uncomfortable. Wah, 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 wah. And he said, we're flying in a plane. That's pretty amazing. We are going from California to New York in six hours. It used to take people a couple of years. <laughs> that is 
amazing, and he, he was so correct. He said, we are becoming more and more spoiled, insulated, and entitled. The result is a nationwide epidemic of discontent. We don't truly know how to celebrate a holiday like Thanksgiving because we have forgotten what it feels like to be genuinely grateful for anything. We think the world owes us everything. And that, you know, I watched that and then, um, yeah, I watched the LSU game and then I went to bed and then I was up because I was thinking, that is so true. We have an epidemic of discontent. And discontent and ingratitude are some of the ugliest symptoms of humanity's sinful pride. They're a result of pride. And whether or not you want to believe this, because this is the hard, cold fact, every one of us, at some point, will be suffering from discontentment. We are guilty of that. We have that attitude of everything is amazing, but I'm not happy about anything. We, we, we suffer through that. And this week, when we begin Thanksgiving, I have been doing kind of a subtle, or not so subtle, series about being joyful, rejoicing, gratitude. We talked about it the last couple of weeks. Last week we talked about being joyful as you enter the church and what that means. So I was thinking, how do we become content? How do we um, start being thankful and not taking things for granted? How can we find that joy that I've been talking about in our life, no matter what else is going on around us? There's a guy that we've been talking about that's been telling this. We've, we've referred to him a lot over the last couple of weeks. That person is Paul. He talks about contentment. Did you hear it? in the scriptures that I read. This was a man who had known everything. He had known wealth. He had lived in poverty. He had known freedom. He had been chained. He had been accepted. He had been persecuted. The one thing he always had was contentment because he knew exactly where it came from. And he was talking about contentment through Christ. You know, what he's talking about when you come down just from those verses, 4 through 9, that we all know so well, when you come down just a little bit more, what you really find out is that he is writing to a church in Philippi for a financial gift that they have given him. They are supporting Paul's ministry. Um, they have been. Um, and he knew they weren't always really financially able to help support him. 
And so in verse 10, he is specifically thanking them for their financial blessing. When he says the gift, he's talking about thank you for your gift. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for demonstrating concern for me. Even though you may not have always been able to financially, you have always supported me. Paul is actually very thankful for how they blessed him. And he, he actually recognizes the sacrifice that they have given. And he understands that this unexpected gift is really from the hand of God. And I think that is such a beautiful thing when I started looking into this um, early this morning. And he says, you know, we need to recognize God's providence in our lives. God's sovereignty over our life. <coughs> if you don't have that, then can you really be content? If we see ourselves as victims of circumstances, you're going to be miserable because God is in control. When times are good, when blessings are flowing, we look up and go, yes, God is in control. Guess what? Our God is still the same God. When we are suffering tough times, when hardships come our way. The secret of contentment is never forgetting that our God is in control. Paul says, in a way, thanks for the gift. I really appreciate it. But contentment does not come for material things. Verse 11 says, Not that I am referring to being in need, in any form of need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I'm not sure, and I have to say this collectively, all of us can say that. I am not really sure we can just say I am really content with exactly what I have. I don't need the stuff because I have God. You know, contentment is a learned behavior. It's not something that comes naturally to us. It's not a reflex action for us. Because by nature, we are a group of complainers. By nature, we have perfected the art of grumbling, whining, and arguing. We can do that. And we can do it well. Remember way back, I think my first sermon on this back in November was about um, ex from Exodus. When Moses had led his people out of Egypt 
And some said they had just been out a week or so. Some said a couple of months. And what did they turn to? They went back to being a grumbling, complaining, arguing group of people. To the point where they said, you know, we should have just died in, in Egypt. At least we, our bellies would have been full. Do y'all remember that? I'm thinking, boy, we have this, we, we have a long history of complaining. So maybe that's where we get it from. It's part of our nature, one that we really don't need to have. Sometimes we need to refocus our attention onto the positive things and really ignore our minor inconveniences. But that's not always easy. Most of us have raised children. A six-year-old can find problems by not having the socks that they want to wear to school. I remember that. I was like, just put on a pair of socks, Paige. It'll be okay. Because you're wearing hot pink tennis shoes. Why, why would you worry what color socks you're wearing? But a six-year-old will find unhappiness. In, they will not find peace. They cannot find contentment. That's because they're struggling. They're like they're a real reflection of the adults in their life. They're struggling with what's happening in their life. Really, what's maybe happening on the outside may not be affecting them so much as what's really going on in the inside of our life. And many people, when we hear them in church or, or whatever, or you're in conversation with them and they begin to argue and they're combative and they're confronting and they're whining and complaining, maybe it's more something on the inside for them than it is about the real situation. In verse 13, Paul explains that contentment isn't about our circumstances. He says, I know how to get along with humble means. I know how to live in prosperity. Paul did both of those. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and, go, and going hungry, having abundance, and also suffering a need. Paul had been poor, but he found contentment. He had been wealthy and well-fed, and he still found the same contentment. He had been imprisoned. A lot of what he writes, he is chained to a wall in prison. Some of his most beautiful passages are written under those circumstances. He had been mocked, persecuted. He had even been shipwrecked. But in all situations, he found contentment. Through life's ups and downs, Paul had learned to be content because he knew the secret. And the secret does not have anything to do 
with what you have. The secret to contentment does not have anything to do with being a right fighter. I will prove my point. I will have power. I will do this. That has nothing to do with the secret of contentment. The secret to contentment, to truly find joy, no matter the circumstances, is found in verse 13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. True, lasting, lifelong contentment is only possible when you are relying on Christ for everything. 13, in my mind I kind of say it as I have strength for all circumstances because it is through him that he strengthens me. Christ is the secret to contentment. You and I will not be content without him. You will not be able to truly enjoy your life without Christ. You know, I often say, one day I'm going to move to a good hair state. Hence, you can see that has not quite happened. But I'm still happy. I'm still content with my life. I am never more content than on a Sunday. I often ask that in my um, meetings with my DS. He said, Beth, what's your best day? What's your Sabbath? And I said, my Sabbath is the Sabbath. That's my best day. Because I'm content. Not every day am I content. Because I am nowhere close to perfect. But I know on this day, regardless what else happens before I get in this pulpit and what else happens after, I'm content. Because I know my Savior. So I ask you, do you know your Savior? Do you know the source of your contentment? Do you know how to find contentment? This is the God who will never forsake you. Never leave you. We are so quickly to acknowledge His presence in our life when things are good. But when there's upheaval, when there's discontentment all around you, are you still on your knees giving thanks? So on this Thursday, when you gather around that table and you have that great tradition, as so many people do, you go around and you give thanks for something. What are you going to be thankful for?
I'm going to ask you to start every morning before your feet hit the ground. If you have to, just pretend it's another day of Thanksgiving when the nation has told you you need to be thankful. Before your feet hit the ground, be content. Be joyful. Be at peace. Because your God is still with you. Amen and amen.